I don't know. I feel like it would have just been easier to like move out of the town and just start new. Cause like, then you could just be like the older guy with a young wife. It's fine. It, nobody really will question that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of Red Wine Reads. We are talking about our birthday month. This is the kickoff to our birthday month of February. This is the kickoff to year three of the Red Wine Reads book podcast. I am so freaking excited, uh, mostly because I asked the gals at the end of the year if they are willing and able to continue the podcast in 2024, and without hesitation, they all said yes and had their uh, first list of books ready (laughs) for the year. So boy, am I excited that one, they want to keep doing this with me because this was my passion project and they all just hopped on board and went along with it. And two, I'm excited to continue to share these episodes um, with you all who are listening because I am so eternally grateful for every week that you all show out and turn us on and listen to our, you know, heated and weird and fun and deep conversations every week because we truly enjoy doing this. Uh, We love getting together. This is our excuse to connect with one another, even being spread out across different time zones. Um, And just be able to talk about the books we love. Um, They may not be the most popular books out there, but we talk about the ones we love and the ones we're excited to read uh, because that's what I truly believe, that if you're trying to get into reading, You don't have to pick up the most popular book. You don't have to pick up the one that everyone's talking about. Pick up something that appeals to you and just get reading. (laughs) Just start um, and see where you end up. We're here to be your book club that covers every genre under the sun. Truly, (laughs) we've read anything from nonfiction, memoirs to, uh, you know, TikTok famous fantasy and smut. Uh, to historical fiction that will rip your heart out of your chest, to weird acid trips uh, through the woods that lead you on an Alice in Wonderland type trip. Um, We've read everything, but we're here to be your book club. If you see a book that you're interested in, take your time, read it in however long it takes you, and then come back to our episode and listen to us discuss it, and then hop onto our socials and tell us what you thought. Uh, We're here to be that book club for you, and I cannot say this enough, but we are eternally grateful for all of you listening, for all of you who follow us, for all of you who have stuck with us for these first two years as we get our feet under us, because year three, baby, we're coming at you strong. So let's dive right in. Uh, This is a very special release. We, Sierra and I actually recorded this probably, I think it was September of 2022. So our first year doing this. And we had recorded it, we had edited it, we had ready to go and it just never went out. And so we've been holding it in our back pocket for so long. Um, And now we get to finally release it because I felt like it was the perfect time. Of course, we are talking about the book Birthday Girl by Penelope Douglas. This was uh, my first experience reading Smut. So boy, was I nervous. Boy, was I awkward. And Sierra was there to hold my hand through it all. So 
please enjoy this very awkward, very special release uh, of Jenna reading Smut for the first time and having to discuss it with Sierra. But it is quite a special episode for quite the special time of year to kick off our birthday month. So I now present to you Birthday Girl by Penelope Douglas. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited uh, to talk about Birthday Girl with you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was telling Sierra before we started recording, I didn't want to reschedule this. And I realized I was only 100 pages into the book. And that was at about 1030 this morning. And our recording is at about 130 right now. So I just power read the rest of this book. And I have to say, this is totally a book that you can read in one sitting. It's an easy read. It's a fun read. It's just one of those that you just let your mind wander. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here are some quick facts that I found about uh, Penelope Douglas just on her website. She's very, she seems very fun. Very just like, I'm going to write whatever I want because I think it's super fun. She says, I love taboo. I love to read it and write it, although I write non-taboo as well. And she also talked about not being scared to write about things. And I mean, you can even just tell just from this book, because this book is literally about a girl who moves in with her boyfriend to her boyfriend's dad's house and then ends up sleeping with her boyfriend's dad. So (laughs) very hot, very steamy, very just not a lot of people would tackle that subject. And she just went all in and it worked. I also think this is funny. She was a teacher for eight years. God love her. I know. And her favorite movies are The Karate Kid and Dead Poet Society. Very different than what I would expect. I can't figure her out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. She says, I need time to give you a story. Good books aren't written fast. And I often recharge with an occasional standalone in the middle of a series because she does write many series. Uh, This one, I think, was also, if you read the acknowledgement, she wrote this in the middle of one of her series that she was writing. And so, I don't know, the more I read about her, the more I was just like, this girl's fun. She's like, (laughs) like, she's living the life. She just like writes whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And that's just how she rolls. Definitely. This book got four out of five on Goodreads. And on Google, 94% of users like this book. And it got a 4.4 out of 5 on Amazon. So people freaking love this book. (laughs) You say taboo. Everyone else says it's amazing. Like the two aren't mutually exclusive, but... I know. And I know that, Sierra, you read this before we chose it for the podcast. So how did you hear about this book? I actually heard about it through Book Talk. It's been like all over that. I am on Spicy Talk. So as soon as this came across, I was like, hmm, intriguing. I am like an avid reader of many things, including fan fiction, which this in a lot of ways isn't very far off from a lot of the other stuff that I've read throughout my life. And so when I heard about it, I was like, Hmm, intriguing. Let's take a little look-see. This is like a trope that I definitely have read before and I do enjoy reading. Yeah, I I just think it was fun. It was something I've never read before. Nothing like I've ever read before, but I had a, I had a freaking blast uh, reading it. I was very scared. I've told, I've told Sierra this many times before, but I was like, this is the one I'm most nervous about reading. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like a kid going into a rated R movie for the first time. You're like, I don't know. Oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> before we get into our, uh, into the nitty gritty of this book, I don't really have a plot line, but I think I kind of touched on it before, but we can just uh, go through it. It's pretty simple. It's a romance book. It's a smutty book. It's 
the storyline is meant to be just simple. So you have Jordan. She moves in uh, with her boyfriend, Cole, into Cole's dad's house because they can't afford to live um, on their own. And so they move into Pike's house. Uh, before they move into the house, Jordan meets Pike at this movie theater. They don't know who each other is and they, you know, kind of flirt and they do whatever. Um, it's her birthday. And so he lights a little match and lets her blow it out and lets her wish, which is their, you know, the name of the book, Birthday Girl. And we should also take into account Jordan is 19 years old. Pike is 38 years old. And so then all of a sudden they're walking out of the movie and she's talking about her boyfriend and she says Cole and he's like, wait, my son's name is Cole. And then they realize that, boom, that's how they know each other. (laughs) Jordan moves in with Pike and Cole. Jordan ends up finding Cole cheating on her with a friend in this pool um, at their house. And Cole ends up moving out and moving in with this girl. And then Pike and Jordan start this relationship together. Very sexual, very steamy. Cole ends up finding out uh, that they were together. And so then Pike and Jordan break up. Jordan flees to Eastern Virginia. And then Pike ends up finding her. And they end up living happily ever after. Does that about cover it? Yep. You got it. Amazing. Okay, so let's start off with you. I mean, you mentioned this book and you were willing to come back to it. So why why this one? And like, why, why, what makes this one, what makes you choose this one over others? You know, it's not just specifically this one. I think I will go back to like a good steamy romance anytime, especially ones that like I have read before and I actually end up really liking. And this was one of those, like I said before, like I am, <laughs> this is like a type of trope that I really enjoy. I myself am more attracted to older men. So when I read these books, I have a little bit more of, I understand where she's coming from. Like I'm 25 now, so it's less taboo, I suppose. I started reading them a few years ago. So I was like, this is lovely. (laughs) Like just reading these, I felt a little seen, (laughs) even though, like I said, it is a little bit more taboo for a younger woman to find much older men (laughs) attractive. Yeah, I think it's funny because it's not even, um, I think for me, it wasn't the fact that he was much older than her, like that jarring, because like for me, that I don't really care. Right. I think the fact that it, (laughs) I just kept thinking in my mind, like ex-boyfriends that I've had, even with Casey, it's just like, oh God, that's like a whole nother level. I mean, the hot dads, you know? But that's true too. I literally, I don't think I've ever like dated or even talked to someone with a super hot dad, but I've seen him on TikTok. (laughs) I think the only hot dad I remember seeing is this one who came into Boys and Girls Club when I worked there, shout out. And uh, him and his wife had split up. And so he was like, single dad (laughs) you know and then he ended up following me on instagram and then i was like oh this is this is weird and then i like backed off (laughs) it became too real (laughs) (laughs) like this is it was fun in theory (laughs) yeah it was fun in theory now i'm scared but i can see yeah like i can see why this is and i thought i was gonna be more weirded out by it than i was I think like what really makes it more understandable is when you kind of get that chemistry and the fact that they met and they didn't know each other. If they would have met and then she was just like, oh, your dad's like super hot. Like that's a totally different story. Like you're stepping out on your man, but her boyfriend wasn't a good boyfriend. I mean, he ends up cheating on her, but even before that, not acting as a boyfriend should. And, you know, she meets this very handsome older man in a movie theater. And she's just like, 
I have a boyfriend, but like a girl can look and you know, then, you know, just the development of their chemistry together um, when she's living there and like him kind of seeing like, what the heck is wrong with my son acting like a total douchebag? Yeah, I think that's part of what makes it so good is that the son is kind of just a deadbeat. And the fact that like the dad's just like, how can you not be treating this girl with like the respect, I think that kind of push and pull of that relationship between like the, the dad seeing that and like wanting that so badly and the son having it, but not like acting on it. I think that that tension is very, that's what kind of keeps you intrigued because they don't even really start hooking up until 200 pages in. Yeah. And then they're already broken up, I believe by that point, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to like foster that tension for 200 pages and get that backstory really ramp it up because you're going to lose readers if you don't do that. And I thought that that was interesting because I felt like with a book like this, you're kind of like, okay, you're in it for the romance, you're in it for the sex, you're in it for whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's like a few scenes early on, but like nothing crazy. And so I was like, how can a book do that? (laughs) (laughs) Like a book that's supposed to be, you know, romance has this prejudice almost like against it that people think whenever you pick up a romance novel, like the plot line is going to suck and like, you're not going to be invested in the characters and you're just there for, you know, whatever. And yes, the plot line, like I said, is not very complicated. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of problems thrown their way in this book, but you end up caring about these characters and you care about the side characters. Like you care Mm -hmm. about what is, what is her name? Shell that runs the bar. Yeah. And you like kind of empathize with Jordan and having a sister like she has with Cam. And it's so funny. I was like, I wasn't expecting to like these characters or really like really care about anyone in this book. And now I'm like, I kind of want a sequel to see how everyone's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest thing like that is really misunderstood about romance books they're like oh you're reading it just for the romance and like of course you are but the biggest drive I think for a good solid romance is characters that you care about and their development throughout the story because if you don't have strong characters and that strong tension between the two you're not going to keep readers engaged and you're not going to keep them wanting to read and you're going to lose a lot of people and then you're not going to sell anything you know I I think she does a great job at making characters that you both understand and care about and finding a way for you to empathize with this situation, however taboo it is. Even being that she's 19, which I mean, in practice is really not a great age to probably dating like a 30, almost 40 year old, but also understanding Jordan's life and how she's had to grow up. And on top of that, seeing like she's had not just one, but two somewhat abusive boyfriends. And then seeing this man who actually treats her like a respectable human being and just kind of really getting invested in that relationship no matter how wrong it seems, especially considering that's your ex-boyfriend's dad. Yeah, I think that that is something that I'm also kind of applauding Penelope Douglas with is you could have so easily looked at Pike and looked at his character and been like, he is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, an almost 40 year old like pining over this 19 year old and it's not creepy and I can't figure out why it's not. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Pike 
one, he tries to fight this attraction. Yeah. He understands that it is a taboo kind of deal and that it is his son's ex-girlfriend or girlfriend at the time. And he's like, this is like inappropriate. Like this should not be happening. But he also recognizes that she has had a harder life and she is a mature woman. She stands up for herself more than one time. She's like, I'm done. I'm moving out. All you shitty men can kiss my ass. There's not really any taking advantage of her. You know, she's strong in her character. Yeah, and I think that that's a very good point. There is even like a, I think, a section where she's talking about, like she's packing up all of her stuff and like getting ready to leave. I think this was after she found Cole cheating on her. Mm -hmm. And like she said something along the lines of like, I don't have to take this from anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stand here and let him see me cry. I'm not going to let her see me cry. Like, I'm just going to get out of here. And there's no point in like trying to fight for someone that's not going to fight for me. Right. And there's no like there's no point in trying to even fight for someone that's like denying that we have any relationship together. Like, I think that that's another thing that you come across with these types of relationships of the really older man and the young girl is like, they don't want anyone, they're embarrassed by it. And so they don't want anyone to see them together, especially when it's someone in this small town and everyone knows each other and he knows it's just weird. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of have Jordan who's fighting against that. Who's like, well, I don't care. I want to like go out on a date with you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I think another thing is like you take in the culture. Like I grew up in the South and I'm not saying this is exactly the South, but like there's small town kind of life similarities. I'm not going to lie to you in smaller towns. It is less taboo for you to kind of get with who's there. And so, like, it's not such a, I think, taboo in those type of towns and cities, like, for people to get with who who is there, who's interested, and who is treating them well, so. Yeah, I would have just loved, like, a follow-up, like, even just a follow-up novella or something about, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they do the epilogues of, like, the nine years later or whatever, the two years later. Right. But, like, I would have loved to see what it looked like for these people to come around to this relationship, because, like, that could not have been easy. I don't know, I feel like it would have just been easier to, like, move out of the town and just start new, because, like, then you could just be, like, the older guy with a young wife. It's fine. It Nobody really will question that. Yeah. I think it's like a really good reason for them not to move away to just say like love looks different for everyone and this is my circumstance this is my situation and like it's a little effed up but it is how it happened like it is what it is yeah and I think that's important too because like you know it is to to recognize that this is this is fantasy this is feeding into yeah someone else's fantasy it's fiction right and not everything is gonna fall along the lines of this because it it can look very much like a grooming situation if taken the wrong way yeah and we've all seen like that be used as like a way to control young women yes but i think in the circumstance why it doesn't cross over into that is because Yeah, Jordan just, she knows exactly what she wants out of life. Yeah. And she knows, yeah, she's like had the kind of experience behind her of these terrible relationships of realizing like what's not healthy, what is healthy, how to stand up for yourself, how to like ask for what you want. Right. Even like something as simple as like when they're hooking up for the first time and Pike asks her what he wants her to do and she's like, oh, just do whatever. And he's like, no, tell me 
with your big girl words, right. <laughs> what you want me to do. And I think like, yeah, that's like kind of silly, but it is in a way like I'm asking you, right. what do you want from me? Right. Those little situations. It's not him taking control of her. It's him asking her, is this okay? Are we okay? Like, and he kept asking for consent, which I also felt was very, yeah, was very good. I think that's the thing too, that we also have to take to consideration in this book is that Pike doesn't have those groomer qualities. He is one constantly trying to fight this. He recognizes that it is a taboo kind of deal going on. He also doesn't try to manipulate her. I mean, there's a few times where he's like, please just stay. Like, even if we don't happen, even if something doesn't happen here, like Mm -hmm. safer for you to be here. I don't want to push you away because of me or because of my, my stupid son. I don't think he's necessarily taking advantage of the situation and he does listen and he is quick to go back and apologize. Cause you saw with Shelly when, when she slept at the bar yeah. and he came in and he was accusing her pretty much of sleeping around and she was like, screw you. And like, and Shelly was like, your son did not come and pick her up and sent her ex-boyfriend who used to beat her up to pick her up. And you have no right to come in here and shout at her and act the way you do when your son's the one who's at fault here. Yeah. She slept on a pool table. And so, you know, I think it was like nice to see that he was very quick to apologize to Jordan and, you know, make sure she felt like she had a place there, even if his son wasn't behaving correctly or being a very good boyfriend, still making sure that he said, you have a place here. Like you don't have to go back to your weirdo family your weirdo family and your weirdo obsessive exes i thought it was interesting too they that they like talked about her not you know he shows up there and he's like i could tell like she wasn't abused but she was like neglected i was trying to find the one line but she said something like when you were talking about jordan taking ownership of her own role in this relationship as well and you know he's talking about he's like saying like i'm so sorry i touched you i'm so sorry that this happened when they first they hook up for the first time. Yeah. And she goes, well, I touched you back and I wanted to for a very long time. Right. <laughs> She's like, it's a two-way street, buddy. Yeah. And she she recognizes too that it was from the first time they met. She wasn't in that situation where it's dangerous and it's sexy and it's hot and it's whatever. But like it was this feeling right off the bat. Right. In the movie theater, at least, she's like, it was like an innocent kind of, wow, chemistry, like this man is gorgeous kind of thing. And with no like intention to pursue and he wasn't a danger to her or really putting it on thick. He was being charming. He was flirting with a beautiful girl and and he was going to leave well enough alone until he heard his son's (laughs) name come from her mouth and she had to go pick him up from, I think, the police station, right? Yep. Jail. (laughs) God. And I think I think what makes me connect with Jordan so much is I am totally the person that gets very annoyed when people don't pick up their slack in in the home. I've been with people where I'm just like, golly, just like pick up your clothes off the freaking ground or like do laundry, do your own laundry. You don't need your parents to like come pick up your laundry every weekend from college and do them yourselves. Like, oh my God. (laughs) I I very much related with her on that level. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, I think we, as women, 
a lot of times are putting in both, you know, like emotional labor and oftentimes physical labor. So when Jordan finds someone who's like, I will put in the emotional labor and I will put in the physical labor and we can do fun things together and we can also clean the house together and we can cook together. The fact that he goes and, you know, pursues her after she was wearing, like, I didn't want to chase you off. I want to work through this as hard as it is. And, you know, in some cases you could be like, he shouldn't have followed her. That was kind of weird or whatever but I mean it's a romance book and it's a romance of course he has to chase her out I mean I think she of course you see like she didn't want that relationship to end because she goes back to it so you know him chasing after her willing to work out their issues and willing to come clean about his relationship and the realities of their relationship with his son and just kind of his past relationship with his ex and just kind of figuring out he's willing to put in those emotional labors for just about every single relationship that he's had. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he's patient and he's, you know, willing to like work through that stuff. And, you know, if you're Jordan, this is also a selfish thing in my head. He's literally building you your dream house. Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) So true. Like the man built you a garden. The man built you a garden. He hung clotheslines. He has a picnic table with a built-in beer cooler. The man's handy. The man's handy. Let's go. (laughs) Well, let's get in. um, We'll get into our final ratings of this book. I'll go first. I would say just in terms of how easy it was to read and just how much I enjoyed the characters and how, how much I genuinely enjoyed the read. I would honestly come back to it. Like you said, I would come back to this book. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, what? I'm going to give it a four. I can't fault it, really. I have my own writing system, too. I think a four in some aspects is not the same as a four of another book, but you equally enjoyed them for just very different reasons. Yeah. And I think I think what struggle like why I struggle to give it maybe so high is because like in a normal circumstance, this is like not a very good to promote (laughs) and I'm like I want to promote healthy relationships and maybe this might not be the most healthy but it's a healthy relationship in its own circumstance it's fantasy it's romance and you know if people can't take it for what it is I think that's more or less like a them problem like I think you can look at how society and real life can view kind of relationships like this it's not healthy but but in this case it was handled well it wasn't creepy I really enjoyed it. So I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll give it a four. I like it. I will also give it a four. It is kind of like, you know, like your favorite TV show or something. It's not my favorite, favorite book, but it is one that you're like, I'm feeling like I need a little like romance to go back to. And it is an easy read. So it's like an easy one to pick up again. Yeah. For anyone looking for a little spicy romance, who's okay with this little off the beaten path trope, then I think you'd like it. Um, I don't recommend it for the faint of heart, but it's not, (laughs) it's not terrible. It's not like, it's not super crazy, but just different. It's still, it's different. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, let's get into pairings. I just like, I'm like, I had such a difficulty and I don't have like a ton of pairings for this one, but I have a few. I'm not going to lie. I don't really have much because I have never read. I can honestly say I've never read a book like this. So I'll let you go first while I kind of rack my brain for some. (laughs) Okay. So um, for movie, 
I put endings, beginnings, because it's not like necessarily taboo in the sense like you're dating your ex-boyfriend's dad, but it is that forbidden fruit kind of deal in this Shailen Woodley um, ends up dating this one guy and ends up also um, hooking up dating <laughs> his best friend. So kind of similar in the, the trope, you know, for books, I have two. Again, like tying with Forbidden Fruit, but um, the first one is a your ex's dad book again. So I have found this more than once in a trope. And that is Praise by Sarah Kate. And then I have Priest by Sierra Simone. So that Priest is the Forbidden Fruit as well. <laughs> but with Praise, <clears throat> that one follows a girl who is working for her ex-boyfriend's dad and his dad works for like a sex club and this one's interesting because like you were talking about looking for kind of something that follows up with other characters within the book this one has a continuation of the series and follows other characters um, within the club but also I believe her newer one has to do with the sun so interesting going to that and then Priest is about a priest hooking up, I guess, with a sex worker or a previous sex worker. I think she's still a sex worker. So interesting little forbidden fruit. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. And smutty. I don't have TV shows. So I couldn't really think of any. I guess for drink of choice, I would go with just like a nice red wine, uh, like Merlot or something. A little layback, a little relax. Pour yourself a drink, sit in the tub and read this. I love that. Okay, my, my movie is probably the weakest one, so I'll start with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the uh, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio because that kind of follows the forbidden love trope and the kind of wanting of something that you can't have. So yes, kind of weak, but that's what I'm thinking about. And then uh, my book, <laughs> actually all these are so weak. Uh, my book is, <laughs> sorry, Divergent. And I think of uh, Four and Triss's relationship because Four is actually older than her and is kind of this like, you know, I want to follow the rules, scruffy guy, but like I'm attracted to you, but like I don't know why. And I feel like they have very similar energies. Um, And then my TV show is Vampire Diaries. Specifically, I think Damon and Elena, Damon and Elena hurt their relationship. Because I feel like it's very explosive and very sexual. And I feel like that's how this one is. I love them. Like, I never understood Stefan girls. I literally was telling my mom about this the other day. I was like, why? I was like, why would you go to feel for Stefan when Damon's right there? I mean, I get like, as you're like, first starting, you just meet Stefan. Like, he's high school catnip, I guess. But then as soon as you meet his brother, I was like, I'm done. I mean, it's game over. You even have that tension of like the brothers fighting over her. So I feel like that's also very similar with like the the dad and the son. And then my drink. <laughs> I feel silly for saying this one now after what you've said. But um, my drink, my drink. I don't know why this came to me. I think it came to me because when they um, were in the bars and they were um, and like all the boys from Pike's work were like at the bar and she kind of sends over these like girly shots uh, to make fun of him. <laughs> and I think that's what sparked this one. But I feel like um, a good pairing with this book is a blowjob shot. Yeah, agreed. 
I just feel like it fits the vibe. <laughs> it does. It does fit the vibe. Good. That's a good one. Um, well, Sierra, thank you so much for joining me on this um, miraculous journey. And I can't believe we actually made it to this book. I know. <laughs> we really eased ourselves into it, and I appreciate you being patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. But, uh, but I'm excited. I don't even know what our next book is, but I'm excited for whatever it is. Me too. <laughs> well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston.